seconds buying it or more, and then 30 seconds using it. You know, we offer free shipping on every order because it's kind of the point. We're just here to, it's your job to look good, and it's our job to make it easy and fast. What advice would you give to, let's say someone's 20 or in their early 20s, and wants, has this vision of like wanting to be a business owner, wanting to start something, but has no idea what to start. Because I think that's actually a lot of my audience. Most of my audience are between the ages of like 23 to 27. And a lot of them are probably in corporate careers or finishing school in their master's and want to be business owners, but aren't at the stage yet where they've actually started anything. So there's a couple of things because I mentor a lot of younger people and I advise for a lot of companies. And the first idea is, like, you know, this Gary V hustle culture thing. Wake up at 3 a.m. and screw all that. Take a cold shower, meditate for two hours, go on a run. Yeah, I, don't do, I, don't do, I don't do any of that. And I did, like, Mars Watchmen, I used to meditate because of that. Yeah, you have to find your peace and have a, have a life balance. But, like, that has never gotten me ahead. I've worked, like, I don't know, I work late in my, I guess, in, in my underwear in a gaming chair in my office. Like, I don't know. It's not this, like, glamorized thing. I just sit down and focus and get it done. I'm not scrolling Instagram. But as far as the actual, where the hell do I start? Like, I'm 23. I have a good idea. First of all, do you have a good idea? How do you know it's a good idea? I would start with that. Making sure that you also have some sort of stability in your life. Like, when you're 23, in order to live a decent life, it costs a tenth of what it would at 35. Especially once kids come in there and more responsibilities and a more expensive lifestyle, etc. Friends get married, take more expensive trips, and you gotta keep up with that. When so you're young, you can live on bare minimum. You can live on bare minimum. So that is one thing that I do agree with is that the time for experimentation of entrepreneurship is a lot easier when you're young. It's not easy, it's easier. The second stage of it is you have to have an idea and you have to be very realistic about is this an idea to actually attack and do. You know, let's say you have an app idea for, like, let's say it was Uber, right? Oh, you know, let's say Uber didn't exist. You had it. How can you get started? How much money do you think it would take? Can you, did, do you, are you going to raise investment? Are you going to bring on partners? What are the things that are required? Is it software thing? Do you know how to code? You have to look at the actual reality of the business you're going into. I went into a business with no chemistry background, and I said, okay, well, all the chemists I've talked to say it's going to take 9 to 18 months to make a product. And I said, I was delusional enough to say, you know what, I'm going to spend $2,000, buy raw materials, do two months of research and formulate. It worked out for me. It could have also not worked out for me. But I did it for very cheap and fast because that's how I did it. Now, one of the things that people don't really think about is the answers for whatever you're trying to do are sometimes already out there. I ordered 20 syrups. I tested them all. And that helped me know within 90 to 100% of like the exact product I wanted to build. Now, I already had the idea I wanted to sell a hyaluronic acid serum. But even getting from there to, okay, now what I do? Order it. And you know what? The bad ones I returned. They were all on Amazon. I just did it within there. I tested them all within the return window. And then the five that, that remained, I said, okay, let me break down their ingredients. So, you know, if you want to do a website, go look at 20 e-commerce websites. What do you like about your favorite e-commerce websites? The animations, the coloring, the branding. You can get started by looking at what other people are doing well. I looked at e-commerce websites that had nothing to do with skincare and kind of broke them down and said, why do I want to buy stuff from this site? What can I do for skincare? 
that is instead of this thing that's selling me, I don't know, coffee or something online. You were really good at like knowing how to test whether the idea will work. Yes. At least enough to go to the next step, which might be putting a little money into it and buying some products to research. And then maybe once you've done that, put a little money into it and actually get a couple of them made to physically test it. Then, okay, it's just testing pretty well. Put a little money into a website in order to try to sell a couple. Put a little money into some influencers or Facebook ads or posting yourself on, on an Instagram or TikTok. You know, things should always be done in stages. It's basically one of the best books that people should read is uh, The Lean Startup. I read it so long ago, but The Lean Startup. It basically teaches you the mentality of agile development, which started in software where you build a really crappy version of an app in two days that would have 5% of the functionality, and you give it to people. When they use it, and they go, yeah, like I don't even understand how to log in. You go, good, I'm glad I didn't build the whole app before I figured out the login process. Or are people even going to use this? You know, and, and so you do it in small stages, and then as you see people using it, it justifies a larger time and money investment. And it also gives you the ability to go to other people and say, hey, look, I have something people are using. Join the team. Make some equity and develop it for me. Give me money as an investor and I'll go develop it. So it's a process. It's step by step. And a lot of times you have to do a lot of it yourself up front, if not all of it. Unless you have a partner and then you both need to do it all yourself up front at the beginning. That's really smart advice. It seems like a very sound way to like move forward gradually once you've tested at different stages because I feel like there are also like a section of people out there who as soon as they have an idea they just think it's revolutionary and dive into it head first and, and blow a bunch of money on it without first testing whether there's anyone out there who actually wants to buy the thing everything you said is correct 100% and then the fact is the first part you had is also correct until you get to the spend a lot of money dive in head first oh man I was when I first had the idea for creep I don't think I saw anyone for two weeks. I was like researching the regulations in the industry. I was researching the margins, what prices were out there, what brands looked like, how easy it was to ship these products if we went international. So I dove in, but you know what they cost me? A week and zero dollars. So, and then I said, said at that point, okay, this seems like a real industry. Let me figure out the products. Now let me go order a bunch of them, and that was a couple hundred bucks. And then at that point, I'm like, well, I know I like the industry. I think I have a general idea for a brand, and it seems like trademarks are available for the brand name I like. I know how to file a trademark, and I filed them myself. You know, it feels like it's moving slowly at the beginning because you have all this energy of, like, I want this idea to be a billion-dollar idea. But all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I actually have some concrete understanding of what I'm about to undertake. I know this is a good business. We're not. Sometimes you learn, now this is bad, like, you know, if I want to, I want to sell mattresses like Casper. Okay, well, to find a mattress manufacturer, like, and order at their MOQs, which is minimum order quantities of let's say ten thousand, I need five million dollars. Like, well, that's a lot of money to have to raise to start a company. You know who you remind me of? On the spectrum of like Gary Vaynerchuk on one end to like Alex Hormozy, you remind me of the latter. Uh, that is a great compliment. He's one of my favorite guys. He is, he is, he gives practical advice. I like his stuff because you'll follow him and he'll be like, here's how I see $3 in Chipotle and get twice the meat. And you're like, fuck yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's kind of my general mentality is practical advice. I'm not going to tell someone like Brian Culture, wake up at 2 a.m. and take a nice bath. Okay, I did that. I'm still sitting here with no idea of you 
next? Maybe I'm in the right head space, but like, what do I actually do? So that's my issue with that kind of vagueness. But yeah, Alex Ramosi is great. His book, Hundred Million Dollar Offers, is probably the best book on on creating the wording and the understanding of how to sell and making an actual offer that people go, okay, I really want that. And that is one of the lessons I learned as an entrepreneur is you have to make your product undeniably great, and yet, but like that doesn't matter. It's something you get into people's hands cost effectively. Uh, so like it doesn't matter if you're a straight up engineer, you have to understand marketing because you can build the greatest thing in the world but with no customers, what do you actually have? Men know skincare will work for but they don't use it because there's too much friction in the way. Like, who doesn't know that having fewer wrinkles or less redness or removing your acne issues, everyone knows that would be great. Just how do you get there? And so that's why we started Creedence, because I took the problem that I experienced after I had a ski accident and the scar on my nose. I had to learn about skincare, but I was like, I'm starting from step one. I do not know anything. I don't know what a serum is, let alone a vitamin C versus a vitamin serum versus hyaluronic acid versus retinol. I didn't even know what a serum was. I'd never even heard of that. That's the problem that guys have is where do I even start? What the hell is anything? Like what do these products mean? Aren't these things for women? Will my friends give me shit if I like if they catch me using concealer on my face? So those are the things that we have managed to break down so that guys understand it. Another reluctance is how much time are you going to spend on a thing? Guys think that you need a skincare routine because that's what's pushed by basically every company. You have to have a facial cleanser, and then you have to have a toner, then a serum, then a moisturizer. It's like the 27-step right? routine. Exactly. So it's not that they don't even have time for that. Guys will go to the gym for an hour and a half. They have time for stuff they think that they want to do. Guys will play video games all day. They'll watch a sports game in the middle of the NBA season when it has no relevance. There's 82 games. One game is statistically not going to matter, and they'll watch that for three hours. And so that is one of the reasons why our tagline was 30-second skincare. It kind of demystifies that you're going to be stuck using it for a while. And the other part of it is we always let people know that no one's going to know it's on your face. Your face is going to look nicer. And people go, okay, well, no one's going to catch me, and it's going to take me 30 seconds, and I'm just going to look cool. The, the tagline is very simple. It's like very direct and to the point, conveys simply like, this is going to be quick for you and it's going to get you the results that you want. How did you yeah. come up with the name and the tagline for this? Well, it was a philosophy before it was a tagline. So I was thinking about it and it came to me in like the very first or second day of the company. I was thinking, well, how do I let people know it's easy? And I thought, okay, time. Anything that takes a small amount of time can't be hard. So if something takes a minute... If someone said you can get in shape by lifting weights for a minute, it's going to be really hard, but it's a minute, you can still do it because a minute is so easy. So I thought, okay, 60-second skincare, one-minute skincare, 10-second skincare, and 30 seconds made the most sense because it's long enough for you to do something and make you feel like you actually accomplished it, whereas 10-second skincare sounds like a scam. It's the sweet spot. 60 second. And then we tested a lot. We ran some ads. I asked 50 people. Uh, Google, what are they called? Like, where you make a little survey, Google surveys, I don't think that's what it's called. But, you know, Google Forms, Google Forms. Google Forms. And I sent it out to everybody I knew. And like 85% of people picked that one. I was like, cool, 30 seconds skincare. Then I trademarked it. I'm like, that was it. The point about the amount of time that men want to spend on skincare versus women is, is really interesting. Because your point is true that like men will spend two hours a day at the gym. Or they'll spend time watching sports games when it 
watching that one game actually doesn't make a difference really in the outcome, but it's the reason behind it is their enjoyment. Like you're going to spend time on things that you enjoy. Men, generally speaking, probably don't enjoy the process of putting on skincare as much as women do. Women do it because they want the 30 minute routine because it's their meditation to relax at night. Like they want to do the thing and spend a ridiculous amount of time doing it. Exactly. Men are utilitarian in their general philosophy on things. And so I'm saying this is a tool to look better. Use it and it takes 30 seconds. You know, same thing Home Depot says to get you to buy a drill. That's kind of the inspiration is like that kind of thinking. It's that simple. It's like, okay, I have a job to do and that job is look better. What is the tool to get there? So that that's kind of the mindset that we approach it is every app we run, every email we run, we don't want there to be a lot of reading. You have to get to the point quickly. No BS, no time wasted. Because if you like that about our ad, you come in and says, okay, here are these two products that you take 30 seconds to use. You're like, I have 30 seconds. Guys don't find entertainment. Or, and by the way, I'm saying guys, 20% of guys probably enjoy skincare and cosmetics and are Fair. into it. 80% don't. And there's probably 20% of women don't enjoy it and 80% do. So cream is actually not just for guys. We're marketing more to guys, but we also do get a lot of women buying it. We just don't want to deal with the pink tax. You don't want to deal with long routine. We see that we have crazy good ingredients like apple stem cell extract from Switzerland. And go well. La Mer is selling this for two hundred and fifty dollars. You're selling it for forty. So I'm going to buy it from you. I would rather have the best formula, which is why our retention is crazy. We have no returns because our product works better. That's impressive. The company could do that. It's just they don't need to because they're L'Oreal and they just have a marketing machine that gets it in your hands and they own shelf space in CVS. I needed you. I wasn't there. I needed to have a better product. How and why did you develop this interest in skincare? Because the background is like, I know you're a serial entrepreneur. This isn't your first venture. What other companies have you started in the past? And then why was skincare the next step? Where did this come from? Um, so I had a ski accident in 2017. And a ski, my own ski, hits my ice and then hit my face. It's pretty terrible. But from that, you know, I was left with a big scar. The scar, you know, is you can't hide it. You can't put your hair over it. You can't, like, whatever. So I, I had to learn about concealer. I had to learn about hyaluronic acid. But I had to have ones that wouldn't mess up the scar, too. And a lot of the hyaluronic acid serums and other ingredients that are terrible for you. They have, let's say, potassium sorbate and sodium benzoate. Those are the worst, most harsh preservative base that you can possibly have. And so I was using a few products for myself. So that was what made me learn about it. And then I walked into a Sephora and I tried to buy concealer. They're trying to ask me if I want to beautify or contour. I'm like, I don't think a guy who didn't grow up with this. You created the product to satisfy your own need because there was nothing else in the market that satisfied that need. Yes, exactly. Part of the reason why I have such an emotional connection to skincare, helping guys, because like, I had to go through so many trials and tribulations to find something that works for me. I just don't think other guys should have to do that. So there's definitely an emotional component to it. My attitude in general is I'm always wrong. Let me see like how I'm wrong. Oh, wait, I think I might be right because I can't prove myself wrong. If I have an idea, I try to poke holes in it. And if the holes aren't there, okay, let's do it because it seems good. It's like it's basically the scientific method, right? You like have a hypothesis and you almost try to prove it wrong. Like, you don't say I'm right, and this is why I'm right. You go, why is this wrong? And if you find an easy answer, right? You start a business, and you go, oh, wow, this is great. Uh-oh, it's going to cost me a huge amount of money to start this. Okay, well, there's a problem. We have to fix that. You don't just keep telling yourself how good of an idea it is. 
There's another quote, and I cannot for the life of me remember who said this, but it reminds me a lot of, it, it seems to fit very well the position you're in with Crete. They say, you are best positioned to serve the person who you once were. Yes, I literally am making this, com- this company for the 2017 version of myself. If Crete had existed and I had found it, I would have been like, well, great, problem solved that all of our products. But it didn't exist, and so I'm making it for that guy. And the sad thing is, it's been six years since then, and like, other than Crete, one or two other companies, like, there's still not much out there. I mean, that's a huge opportunity for me, but until we get so big we're a household name in the country, like, there's a lot of guys out there that still are that version of me and have no idea. If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod. That makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.